We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. Why were you made? I was made to be happy. The way to be happy is to know truth and to love goodness. In other words, I am made for God. Pero quiero lío en las dioses. Quiero que se salga afuera. You are now listening to the Holy Ruckus Podcast. Bum, bum, bum. We are back. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Holy Ruckus Podcast. Back from, I swallowed my spit there, uh, a little high news. <laughs> we are now back and I got Father Pat. What's up, Father? Right. Happy 2022, y'all. If you missed us, the feeling's mutual. Uh, <laughs> my gosh. If you didn't miss us, the feeling is mutual. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What's good? Hello, hello. In the new year, uh, we are recording this on the 14th of January. Um, You can, yes, you can find me here in my little uh, boy's bedroom, uh, which is we made into a little recording studio. So it's like half there. So we're good there. And then where can we find you, Father Pat? I mean, don't tell us where, but. What, what, what do you got? Where are you at? Yeah, I'm away from the parish. Uh, the, my pastor was gracious enough to let me have some R&R after the Christmas push. Uh, so I stole away for these past few days. This is uh, day five and the day of my return. Um, so I'll be headed back to St. Joseph's Largo very shortly. But uh, yeah, I'm away. Um, my, my family got me... Uh, Got me some space to just, you know, recharge my batteries, and I'm feeling blessed, man. I'm feeling very uh, gracious, you know. Great. And and we're grateful to have you. I know it's been a long time, and we shouldn't have left you, but you know what? We needed to link back in here and get on the horse again. And sometimes the the easiest or the hardest thing to do is to just set everything up again and dust off the old microphones and email and try to go over like what do you want to talk about like let's just get a microphone in front let's just get a video going and let's just see what happens and we'll leave it to the holy spirit to take on the rest but how real is it man like coming off like well first how was the christmas season for you i mean is there any separation between like the dude father pat and like the priest father pat uh can you speak on that maybe from uh from those two places. Um, but I don't know. Um, how was your Christmas? Yeah, actually one of the highlights of my Christmas season was getting to see you and your clan. Uh, they have this amazing light show out in uh, PG County. So we did the, we did the Christmas lights over at Watkins park. Uh, and that was, that was such a treat, man. That was like, I'm still, I'm still smiling about that because, uh, you know, that there's, there's a gift of, uh, being able to enjoy, you know, families and their little ones in general, but then to also get to do it in like a, like a winter wonderland kind of like, you know, wide eyed, uh, you know, kids wonderment thing is, is pretty awesome. No, it's good. Um, I guess over time, you know, there's, it's, it's harder to, uh, you know, harder to make any kind of distinction between, you know, priest Pat, person Pat, you know, I guess that's the way it should be. <laughs> um, right. They're one of yeah, the same. So, 
I do enjoy um, the Christmas season a lot. Uh, I break out my first mass vestments, um, good old burgundy and gold colors uh, by happenstance, um, appropriate for the the high Christmas season. And, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, I'm still celebrating in some ways. I haven't nearly made it through all my Christmas cards. And, uh, <laughs> and the Christmas cookies? Yes. I, I will not go without. I think because people already love, uh, to a large extent, like taking care of their priests, like being good to their priests. And that's so beautiful. You know, parish priests do not hurt for any kind of like love and affection and community. Um, like uh, it, it, to borrow somebody else's words, um, another priest once told me, like, you have to work at being a bad priest. People just they're too good. They're too nice. They're, they're, they're easy to love. Um, but mm -hmm. I think pe I have this theory that maybe people like feeding me even more because when it comes <laughs> to like, uh, if, if you have a, if you have a fat parish, priest, <laughs> people, like people know, they just know, like they, they, they're like, Oh, okay. I know he's going to eat. Like, I know he likes to eat. <laughs> so I'm going to cook for him. He, cause I know he's gonna he ain't shy. He ain't shy to the, to the good fork that's right that's right i know how to praise the lord breaking bread you know <laughs> breaking the fast is not a problem for this man <laughs> especially especially at uh at st joe's i got that good west african and and that good caribbean you know cooking man i got dirt chicken for days uh now, are you full, like fully in with the jerk chicken, or do you have to say like, "Hey, temper it on the hot"? Oh, I usually do. I have to. I have to remind them, like you know, I love you and I love your food, but you know, uh, the spice doesn't love me. I'm still as Irish as they come, so <laughs> you know, they they usually like you know pull it in for for me just a little bit. It may hurt them to do it, but uh, you know, the sacrifice of love, so. No, I'm still celebrating. I, I'm I'm in the old calendar, man. Uh, Christmas season all the way to February second for the presentation of the Lord. You know. And so, how is that? Like, okay, so we've. So I thought it was just on the baptism of Jesus. Um, right. You're saying right. presentation of the Lord now. Who should we follow? Whose calendar? I mean, the Latin uh, calendar. This one, like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, why? I I mean, properly speaking, you know, parochial vicar hat on, like. Yeah, yeah, it's over. It, you know, baptism of the Lord was it. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea of just staying in a mode of uh, a mode of Christmas, even if that's just like, you know, using every excuse you, we still have to like get out and see people or bring, you know, bring people together. I mean, I know it's this hopefully last big wave of of COVID, but um, oh, we're still in that. It, yeah. Yeah, man. That's crazy. It keeps uh, going. Everything, everything has been just dragging on. And, and, uh, you know, the only thing I can liken it to is, you know, how long just these, you know, periods of history times in our own church life where we waited, we waited and waited and waited and waited. And like, you know, uh, we just came out of the season of Advent. That's a whole season of waiting. You know, it's like, okay, you know, we, we need to get better at this. We're just too used to our digital age of like right now, you know, myself mm -hmm. and me, like, you know, I like stuff right now. 
immediately and uh and waiting is a hard thing to do but you know we're gonna be over two years by the time this thing looks like it's you know anywhere near behind us you know for sure it's gonna be like you know the next the other common cold gotcha gotcha and with that you know i mean you you were mentioning some more of the, the christmas season i'm not feeling anymore i have I'm I'm like very much like Target and Walmart. I've already started packing everything away. I mean, I haven't re- replenished anything for anything new. I'm not thinking about like, you know, what, Valentine's Day or anything like that. But I definitely, I mean, it was a good Christmas season. It was chill, you know, ate a lot, you know, drank a lot of milk, drank a lot of, you know, actually I didn't drink milk at all. I'm a, like a glass Coke guy. It has to be seasonal, like, you know. What about eggnog? You drink beer. eggnog? No, I don't drink eggnog. I don't, I don't know what really? it is, but. No, um, you know, do my Christmas movie marathon, stuff like that. So it was good. And now I'm just locked into school um, and be with the kids. But I will say that one of the highlights of the Christmas season was going out with you guys and uh, and you showing us around to those lights. I mean, something about seeing the Christmas season through the eyes of of our littles. I mean, that's the that's a really cool thing and super rewarding. And who can forget the color commentary you get driving around? with father pat so for sure <laughs> oh man that was such a treat you know and, and i, I do, gotta and I, make that a yeah you gotta, gotta make gotta, that a party we gotta get you like a yeah. float uh, you know and with a microphone and you do it for the whole for the whole community or something because man like they <laughs> keep talking about it they're like oh he did all those voices you did you know kermit the frog and miss piggy were in the car with us you know he was just going ham and so kudos to you so it was really well done but sometimes the best part for me was the was the pizza so that uh, the Lido's pizza was good you 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 did a number on it so very and the hot chocolate was always was always good (laughs) it's always good it is always good but the season is over but the season feels over to me And now I'm just like, how do you recharge? Like, I mean, I see how you're recharging, but how real from a priest perspective for, for those that are watching and listening, um, how real is it for our, for the priests to have to recharge after the Christmas season? I mean, what is it about the Christmas season that, I mean, for me as a lay person, it was, it was, it wasn't too tiring, you know, um, Mm -hmm. there's so much stuff to do. But for you guys, is there like a withdrawal period for for priests and stuff that you need? You needed this R and R. Yeah, I think because there's like so many back to back, like high solemnity feasts, liturgies. Um, you're just you're constantly on your game or like re upping a, a homily. This was like in the however many years cycle we have uh, of the, the, you know, the calendar, like this one was the, the worst it can get where like you have Christmas, then Holy family right on top of each other. And then uh, Mary, mother of God, January 1st, mm-hmm. right on top of. Uh, and then you got Sunday mass, like 24 hours later, if that, you know? Yeah. So <clears throat> this one was particularly like, go, go, go. And you have the week to recharge, but you know, Um, there's still plenty going on. You know, we had a whole spat of funerals at my parish, including some some really tough ones, some really, really Mm. big, you know, um, important, well-loved people, well-known people. So 
you know, it just, um, you, you kind of go into a mode, you know, I, I liken it to, uh, I'm sure there's a better like sports analogy, but I'm going to actually do like a theater analogy. Okay. Like, you know, For I all our theater nerds out here. You know, <laughs> but I did, yeah, I did theater too. And, and that it was like when show week came around, you just, you went into a, like a mode of like running on adrenaline and just digging it out and going mm -hmm. from the one thing to the next and not giving a whole lot of regard to other things. So, and you know, uh, prayer can like adopt that, that franticness, you know, it can take the same kind of uh, tenor or, you know, frequency of, of our feverish pace. It's so much better and so much nicer to like slow it down and let it just, you know, happen at its own pace and not rush anything, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what priests are coming down from. It's just kind of the fevered pace of like, you know, go, go, go. It's a bit like uh, it's a bit like the cool down lap, I guess, you know, like you go for a run or something and then you need to like, you know, take a few, you know, put yourself through a few more paces just to like let things mm. shake you know, and not go straight to cramping. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And, and uh, so many guys, I mean, do take this time. I know you're not the only one. I know a lot of priests that <clears throat> needed that uh, getaway, even for like a, a, a two-day, you know, retreat or a silent retreat or things like that. So you, you're doing good to take care of yourself. And and I guess for, for us us dads, there's not much else we could do, just support the support the wife and kids, at least for me. So, um, But because of COVID and because of things, we actually had an extra week to kind of settle into our classes as a teacher. And so while it wasn't go, 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 it was online, virtual. And so, and that sucks because, you know, I mean, it's, it's also midterm week. So that's what we just finished mm -hmm. up midterms. And so the kids were, you know, stressing out about that and you're not in the classroom with them. And so shout out to all the teachers uh, who have to do lesson plans, who have to do study guides, who have to do all these things. And, and I still got, you know, maybe like 60 essays to go to, oh. to go read. And there, and I'm the genius that said, I want five to six paragraphs, you know? So that's what I, you know, had going on. And um, so as I teach a church history course and I, and I said, uh, and one of the essay prompts is what are the four marks of the church and where do you see them in, in all of church history in the ancient world and the pre-reformation reformation and modern era post-mod, where is the church best living out church being one holy Catholic meaning universal and apostolic. And so kudos to them, man. They, they, they're nailing it out of the park. Some, some better than others, um, you know, as there is, but it's hard not to, you know, take it easy on them a little bit. Cause it's just, they've been through so much going online, offline and contact tracing. And, you know, if they're around somebody who's, who's positive and they don't get it, they still got to, you know, but, and things just keep, <clears throat> keep going back and forth and CDC is trying to figure it out. But I just, I do love the CDC memes, you know, not to, you know, it just, <sighs> Well-respected, maybe now. I don't know. It's just <laughs> everyone's having a good old laugh. I can think, I think at the expense now because it's just like another change. What else can't we do? Um, but right. what can you do, man? They're trying to figure it out too. Science is not an absolute. Uh, these guys aren't God, and they're just God help them. God help them, literally. But oh, I don't know. You just kind of – I mean, do you laugh at, at kind of the news coverage and stuff? Do you watch it? Do you sit there and, yeah. and look at it? I have not unplugged this week. It wasn't that kind of R&R &R or, or mm. relaxation. So actually I did 
one of my um, uh, kind of like passing fancies where <coughs> I enjoy I enjoy listening to things that I don't fully understand sometimes. So I was listening to some oral arguments before the Supreme Court. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's all a, a, like a, a clown fiesta, as they say in the gaming world. It's just an absolute ridiculous, like, hodgepodge of, you know, you cannot, you can no longer parse out, like, where the politics start and the science starts. You know, people just, they mix them together too quickly, too easily. Sure. You know, so it's it's kind of all a clown fiesta in my estimation. But, you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping that uh, like really this is going to just, you know, start start dying down, you know, and become the thing that everybody gets at some point And uh, everybody gets over. Most everybody gets over, you know, pretty, pretty darn well, pretty darn easily. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, I mean. What we, we got to pray, we got to you know do all that, and Lent is right around the corner. So if you need a little kick in the ass, I mean that's coming there too. I mean you sent out the text, uh, you started it, Father. You're you're already stop, you're already thinking Exodus ninety. And I, I started the conversation, but you definitely started the conversation putting it on the group text. Uh, what are you a glutton for punishment? Why are we doing this again potentially here? And uh, what's going on in your heart? I mean, you need to talk about it. you need to get something off your chest here. Oh, absolutely. I will always call myself out. It is, uh, it's, we, we need seasons of renewal, right? We always need seasons of renewal and it's just an easy excuse to latch onto. Why not? You know, so like, why not just get back to, uh, of accountability of, uh, of shared misery loving company, <laughs> you know, just trying to, uh, you know, do something, you know, a little bit, push a little harder, be a little bit more diligent, a little bit more disciplined. Um, you know, for me, it's a, it's a quality of life kind of, you know, reset where, you know, starting Lent early even um, gives me the opportunity to like, take a look at how do I spend even the, you know, the personal time that I have, like, how do I make the best out of the, the, the time that I call my own? that's not really true. Right. Cause like none of my time is my own, you know, like it, I didn't make it, I didn't create it. It was gifted to me. I'm on borrowed time, you know, like the rest of us. Sure. So like, you know, if I'm on God's time, like, you know, then how do I choose like the time, like the, the, the expenditure of time that will actually leave me feeling, um, you know, better prepared and, and better, uh, you know, more available at service. It's tough. It's tough, man. I, you know, because, even like something like uh, asceticism can can have like a strong personal focus, you know, like I'm doing this ascetical practice, you know, but I don't always have the, uh, you know, the church at large, the bride of Christ, you know, the body of Christ in my mind when I'm choosing to do that asceticism, you know, that self-sacrifice or whatever. It's way easier when you have like, you know, a cadre of, of, uh, of your fellows, you know, of your brothers, you know, it's like, you're, you're doing it for them. You know, you're doing it side by side, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I'll also say that, man, the, the results are, are way better, <laughs> but you know, 
I have definitely put on the Christmas LVs, the COVID LVs, yeah. the, uh, like just the slow, like stationary, wintry LVs, like yeah, everything. So, you know, it's hard, man. It, it's hard, and I speak from experience of how hard it is. But I look forward to doing it with 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 the brothers, and um, I'm, I'm sure I'm, uh, man, it's gonna. The best part of it, though, yes, is doing it together, absolutely. Um, but it's also like, um, I do like getting a, a, a Kickstarter on, um, Lent starting ahead of Lent is always nice. And if not, not just because, you know, I get to be like, Hey, we've been doing it longer than you have or whatever, but it, there is that feeling <laughs> as well. So maybe that's sinful, but I got to check that, but I'm excited to get started with it and, it's been good, but I do have something that I, I thought about recently. So there was a guest priest, um, because one of our, uh, our priests back home, he got COVID, you know, he's doing well, he's doing well, uh, you know, but he's doing his due diligence, you know, kicking it at home, you know, um, and they got a priest to come in and he was Vietnamese. And I just remember just seeing the joy in his homily, right. Um, some of his gestures and everything else. And, and I get, you know, I've taken liturgy classes and stuff when I was in, in school and there's this kind of place where you kind of, maybe as a priest that you have to go um, as you are, you know, you know, um, as you're becoming Christ, as you're, as you're, as you're showing Christ to the world and, and, and all that, like from the altar, right. Uh, in, in the person of Jesus. Right. Um, and I always heard like, you kind of have to disappear a, a little bit. Um, especially like when you're you know in the elevation and everything else and, uh, of Jesus in the Eucharist, but there's one moment that I feel like it's, it's all your own and you're cooperating with God's grace and, and you're Ooh. being you up there. And then that was the homily. And it was so interesting and refreshing to see that from this priest, it wasn't distracting or anything. He had good stuff to say, um, it's my fault. I was sleeping at times, but in the moments that I did catch, sometimes he was very, very much, you know, confident in, in who he was. And I always wanted to ask this and I have you here so I could ask you, um, what's that like? How much do you, of yourself really do you, you put into, um, into your homilies? And, and I know we talked about this also when, uh, we saw each other in person, but is it hard to, to prep for a homily? What, like, what do you, what are some you know tips and tricks that you, that that you've learned along the way? Maybe how about this? When you were studying it, and then versus when you actually had to do it, what's some things that you know just wasn't taught to you, and yeah. you had to kind of learn on the fly? And and how is it going now in terms of homily prep as you get ready to get back into it from your uh, rest? <laughs> oh man, yes, I do have to preach this weekend. <laughs> yes. Um, I, those are fantastic questions, um, and I and I love getting them. I, it's rare that I get them, but you know, I'll I'll say this: mm. I'm you know an unqualified. Well, I'm becoming more qualified by the year, but uh, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't claim the title of expert. Um, in fact, I say for the first two years, um, I'm in you know two and a half now one of the biggest fears uh, I've had about the priesthood, um, even as I've gotten more comfortable as a celebrant, I have not totally embraced the ability to just, you know, be yourself 
while giving the homily. Honest, you know, I've shy. Um, like the way I'll do like a talk, you know, when I go do it like a, a speaker engagement or something for um, a group of teenagers or, mm -hmm. you know, a college or something. Oh man, it's so much more fun. You know, <laughs> I have, I have a lot more fun with it, you know, because I don't, I really don't hold anything back, but the homily thus far has been really intimidating to me, you know, where like I have been very nervous about um, letting it just c become completely like, you know, cause like, uh, <laughs> I grew up pretending to be Johnny Carson, you know, <laughs> I grew up in my, in my basement, like pretending to be the host, you know, David Letterman or Conan O'Brien in my, in my basement, you know, talking to myself, you know? So like, I didn't want the, I didn't want to bring that into like the way that I do mass, but, uh, but I think over time, there's like a natural affinity or a natural comfort that takes over or maybe like a peace of mind or something. Just the, the Holy Spirit kind of reassuring you like, you know, do your thing and don't worry, I'll still be in charge. And so, like, I'd say there's been mo more moments where like that that comes through. But in terms of preparation, like the, the, the number right. one deal that I could give. And maybe this isn't much of a revelation. Maybe people already figured this out for themselves. But like. I steal as much and as often as I possibly can. Sure. And, you know, I think all of us do. Like if you hear something good from another brother or on a podcast or on a, from a talk from a, doesn't matter who a lay person, a clergyman, you know, I I'll take it. I will take it and pretend like it's mine. You know, sure. I'll, I'll <laughs> give a little shout out and a credit, but like, man, um, there's no shame whatsoever. In fact, I think I've said, I may have even said this on the podcast way back in the day, but like, um, it, I think there's justification for it. Cause like I really, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my, um, of stealing five of stealing of stealing for, for real legit, like in, in seminary during homiletics class or church history or something. Yeah. Okay, class on we, homilies. And, okay. We read about the church fathers and, you know, uh, one of them guys, I'm pretty sure it was Pope St. Gregory the Great, uh, his exhortation in like his uh, letter to, to shepherds, to pastors, his pastoral letter, <coughs> he told he told guys like flat out, like, if you cannot preach, if you cannot do well <laughs> in preaching, like take someone else's homily and preach that, like, just do give them something good. You know, St. Augustine said something similar, like, you, you you basically you have the church like you know if there's something good out there I, there's been days especially daily mass homilies where i read something in the office and uh and i say man i can't i can't top that and so then i just you know i break it out and i apologize to the people for reading at them again you know like mm. i just proclaimed the homily or the the gospel but then I'll like, I'll share with them a little bit of that. Um, you know, St. Augustine's feast days, I almost always do that because they, they give us a, uh, a little pericope from his confessions that, that just beautiful poetic, you know, late have I loved thee, oh beauty mm -hmm. ever ancient, you know, um, late have I loved thee, you called and you shouted, you, you shattered my deafness like that, that, you know, how can I preach better than that? <laughs> right. Know, so, like, so just, yeah, I better. let him 
come back from the dead. So, uh, and what was that that yeah. you said about Augustine? What did he say about? Did he say anything about stealing, or, or you you broke out a little bit on that one? No, he encouraged he encouraged guys, um, especially his priests. I mean, he was a bishop, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so he had to uh, he had to like you know shepherd his own diocese, and you know that was a different time where you know it was a little bit easier for people to hear their bishop you know preach every Sunday. But um, no, he imp- he implored you know those that he uh, prepared and watched over. He said, <coughs> basically. Every year we read the same, you know, selections from his exhortation to to priests, and he gets some stern words in there, you know. But he says that if you don't give care, you know, to the message that you're delivering, if you don't deliver Jesus Christ and let that be uh, a word of that brings people to greater love of Him, you know, you have failed in your office, you know. Um, so if it's easier to accomplish that by you know, using <laughs> what has already been provided to you, you know, then uh, give them that, give them, give them St. Jerome, give them uh, St. John Chrysostom, you know, give them, if anything, I think that what the homily suffers from, and this could just be my personal t- taste or my personal uh, touch. Cause I I'll be, I'll, I'll also call myself out and say like every last, pretty much every last pet peeve I had about, <laughs> other people's preaching before I got ordained, I have now violated or committed at least once, um, at least once of each of those pet peeves I have done. And, uh, and man, did it bother me to admit that, <laughs> but, but it's true, you know, and um, I, I think one of the problems is that we confuse the difference between, um, or, or at least blend together, you know, at best blend together, um, and at worst, like about the teaching, you know, uh, using a prophetic voice and using a, a teaching voice, you know, because mm-hmm. a homily has a lot of information. It has a lot of, you know, stuff in it. You know, hopefully some of it's new. So hopefully something does. We do learn from it and we do. We are taught something, but it's strictly speaking. It's not a lecture, right? It's not. It's not a lecture. Um, and this is, again, I'm stealing this right now because this is Monsignor Charles Pope's, uh, exhortation, you know, to us young priests, you know, when we got our little shot in the arm, you know, we do these continuing ed formation workshops. And, uh, he said, gentlemen, don't forget, you know, like the homily first and foremost is a witness, right? It is a witness. Like you are, you are there to testify that this is true. And so, you know, all all of it is like a dance and all of it is in play. And the reason why you can rely upon, you know, good rhetoric and good um, pathos, you know, is because you want good ethos. Like, and so if you don't bring any emotion to it, if you just do it dispassionately, that's not a great witness, you know, that may be completely true, completely factual, but it doesn't, if it doesn't at all move your heart, you know, it, it, it is less likely to move someone else's heart and make right. them, Mm-hmm. you know, want to respond to it. And so that really encouraged me and, and maybe even, you know, drew me out of my fear shell a little bit to start thinking about like, okay, are there ways that I can use the personality gifts that I have been blessed with to try and make it a little bit more of a witness than it has been, you know, because I think, 
I many times, again, every single pet peeve that I've ever complained about, and I've complained more than most persons in the church, I would wager you know, more than the average Catholic about homilies in my lifetime. Uh, yeah, I've, I've made those mistakes, but, uh, you know, it, it's a witness and not just a lesson. And so it, it can teach us something. It does often teach us something, but that's not what it's there for. It's there to also move our hearts towards Christ. And that's, that's a, you know, a much, much greater responsibility, but a much, you know, more exciting and happy one, I think, than just giving a, you know, like, here's what I read in a Bible commentary, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, with that said, you have to bring it, you have to then bring it tomorrow, right? I mean, yeah. you can't be soft. You, you gotta, you gotta bring, you, you right. gotta bring it, man. So when do you oh, start preparing? Like, have you already started or like, when do you yeah. start preparing for Sunday? Yeah. So like we were taught in, in uh seminary that like you should start on the following Monday, you know, and you know, all thing that like Monday, like that's the first time that I sit down with the readings for the following Sunday. It's also a little different at St. Joe's because like we alternate with our, our deacons and they, our deacons give some fantastic homilies, um, especially when they, you know, talk from their, their own experience as men of God, but men, men of, you know, family, you know, family mm -hmm. men. But uh, so, you know, every other week, you know, my method is, you know, when you sit with the readings, <clears throat> read what other people have to say about it, what they've written about it, what they say, you know, I listen to some, you know, preparation, uh, commentary, homilies, but ultimately like try and pick, you know, that one thing, that one thing that, that makes sense, you know, and that matters and, and what's that one point. And if I can't, and often I can't answer that question right away. Like, you know, what's the point, what's the point, you know, um, but that's, that's kind of where we want people to go or want people to take away from it you know say like what that's this is the point this is the thing that i need people to hear or want people to you know take away from it so like tomorrow this weekend you know we're going to hear about the wedding feast of cana and you know that's uh got a huge significance for like jesus chose us you know chose us to be as close to us as a husband is to his wife as a wife is to her husband you know, and he wedded himself to us. So like, that's, you know, that's where I want to go. We'll see if I get there. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for rocking with us. We are the Holy Ruckus Podcast. Father Pat and myself back from a little hiatus and a little, little rest, little R&R. He's still on it. I'm fresh off it. And we're so excited to be back again next week for you and the week after that. Because we got to get to episode 100, don't we, Father? We're coming up. I don't know how close we are, Josh. I think this but is 96 or, or 95, 96. Is. So yeah, so we're 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 inching ever so closely. So as long as we keep this momentum going, um, it it doesn't hurt that now we're you know Christmas is over. Now it's it's podcast season again, and then and we and we and we go forward, and then we we kick it up for Lent, try to give you something else, and and maybe we can do something here virtually for for all our listeners and followers that maybe they can. Um, walk with us during during lent as well um and so we could we could try to figure figure something out you know we got guys here prepping for his homily a week in advance we can we could come up with something for Lent, can't we father 
oh my my gosh, I I'll I'll have to dust off the old noggin and you know pull out the stops, but you know I'm confident we'll we'll figure it out. Got you, got you. We got a special guest next week, God willing. We got our our friend Destiny De La Rocha, who's going to be with us from uh, New Wave Feminist. She's going to come back again. It's an anniversary of Roe versus Wade, and it's the anniversary of um, last time she was with us because uh, she was in D.C. and we did a podcast uh, virtually. Now we're going to see if we can um, get her again next week. So uh, plans are, are are working. So we'll pray for that. Um, obviously, we're not excited for the Roe v. Wade anniversary. Let me just say that. Uh, it's the annual March for Life. So as long as uh, there is this cause uh, that we're trying to overturn Roe versus Wade and try to uh, make sure that abortion is gone uh, forever uh, and the need for abortion be gone forever, that's part of what we do as Catholics is to understand that we're called uh, to live in this world, but to also proclaim Christ and the dignity of every human person from conception to natural death. And so that's what uh, we're going to be doing, whether we um, we go to the march or we or we try to get edified and try to learn more about the, the issues. And if you're someone that's kind of here or there, and then I would suggest that next week is the podcast for you. Um, and also our previous one that we did with Destiny as well, where we talk about pro-life issues, because it's such a, you know, it's one of those topics that you know what can you say what what can't you say at the dinner table or at the but here at uh, the holy ruckus podcast we try to go in there uh go in to make it awkward so anyway uh father pat anything as we go forth i just wish everybody a, a very blessed uh new year and and pray for you know god's blessings to be upon you and your your loved ones and for you to keep persevering you know to to find that to find that um, sustenance in the joy that God gives. It may Christmas season may be over, you know, um, may, maybe uh, maybe we take it with us, you know, maybe we hold on to it, you know, a little maybe. bit more. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, or maybe you need something like Exodus 90 to kick your ass and then, then you'll, you'll, figure <laughs> it out. you'll figure it out. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for rocking with us. Please be sure to like and subscribe and to share our conversation out there. If you love it, if you liked it, uh, if you got to have more, um, fear not www.theholyruckus.com has all our episodes already there. And so you can definitely check in and we have a new website, new blogs, the whole thing every week. We got some good people writing for us. So definitely check in and check it out and drop some love in the comment section, share it around, share us around a bit. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys, uh, next week. Thanks so much. God bless. <laughs>